we become more magnetic the more of our true authentic self that we are. Part of raising your vibration and your frequency is that we actually have to go into the emotions and into the depths of the emotions that we most likely avoid to clear them. Instead of avoiding it, we actually go into the emotion, create a sacred safe space for feeling and allow ourselves to feel what we're feeling without judging it, without making it wrong, without making it mean something about us. And through feeling those emotions, they pass through us faster and it helps us to get back into alignment faster. You are listening to The Ultimate Biohack for Women, a movement of women who know what they want and go get it. You know the answers lie within. Reach in and grab hold. This is a movement, a movement of women who tune in and turn themselves on. Now you're biohacking the woman's way, integrating the art and science of hacking your biology like a woman. Tap your magic, conjure your yes, upgrade, elevate, maximize your potential. I'm Dr. Brandy Victory, and this is a movement, a movement that is sure to hack your soul. Hello, Dr. Brandy Victory here, host of the Ultimate Biohack for Women podcast. Thank you for being here. In this episode, I had the joyous opportunity to interview Amy Paminsky. She's host of the Feminine Frequency podcast, and if you haven't tapped into that one, definitely do that right now. It's very inspirational, uplifting, and every every week she comes out with new content. I think twice a week she comes out with new content that's just top of the top of the line. You know, there's some people who walk, uh, who talk the talk. There's other people who walk the walk. She's one of those. She like absolutely owns it, as you will see in this podcast. Before we get going, I want to invite you to the Biohack Belly Fat Half Day Boot Camp. If you're tired of being on the yo-yo diet, if you feel like you're lost without being on some kind of program, or maybe you've tried everything and nothing works for you, this is for you. All right, so maybe it's not your belly, but it's your butt and thighs you want to drop it from. And what you should know is the key is not to do another diet or program. The key is in understanding your body's needs and supporting your unique system properly. There could be 17 root causes of excess weight and belly fat. 17, can you believe that? And in the Biohack Belly Fat Half Day Boot Camp, I'm going to give you a test to determine which of your systems may be your root cause and guide you in how to nourish your personal body's unique needs. Excess weight is a symptom. You must address the root cause to achieve your health goals successfully. So click the link in the show notes to learn more and maybe we'll see you at the Biohack Belly Fat Half Day Bootcamp. Enjoy the show. All right, we are live. Awesome. So I am really excited to be here today, uh, ladies. For those of you who do not know, I am have Amy Paminsky on the line with us. This is the ultimate biohack for women. And uh, Amy Paminsky is an intuitive mindset coach, a spiritual teacher, and a podcast host. host. Her podcast is really great. Uh, she supports women to connecting to their intuition and to embody their confidence so that they can create a soul-led life and business. Through her eight years of being a business owner, Amy's discovered the keys to creating a soul-aligned business and lifestyle. She teaches women how to overcome their limiting beliefs and listens to their guidance of their soul to create financial abundance and fulfillment. Amy uses a blend of scientific and spiritual methodologies, including meditation, quantum physics, and neuroscience to support women in stepping into their next level of transformation. Amy's also the host of the Feminine Frequency podcast. Please go listen to that. It is great. Uh, where she shares weekly wisdom of how to connect with your feminine energy to manifest abundance, love, and the life that you truly desire. So welcome, Amy. Happy to have you here. It's really fun to have a, a podcast sister in the world uh, here with me uh, to interview. So thank you. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Awesome. So, you know, our, um, as you already know, our, our listenership is really uh, women and uh, women who are looking to optimize their life and their well-being and their mental mindset. So, you know, I, I really feel like the, the things that you offer in the world are so aligned with what our women uh, look for and are, are kind of in the know about to some degree. And uh, I'm really excited for you to really kind of deepen their knowledge so that they can understand that there's um, that they have 
they have the power too to rise up. That there's not just, as we talked about before, that there's not just one path to get there, right? We need so many resources from every direction. You know, I think I'm sure you're with me on the multidimensional being, uh, you know, we're all multi multi-dimensional beings. And so we need support in all those different dimensions of who we are as a person. So um, if you would just um, share a little bit about your story, how you got here, what you're up to and uh, yeah, awaken yeah. us a little bit more. Amazing. Thank you. So my journey really started with the body. I started my journey into understanding myself and learning how to feel better. I think that ultimately that's what we all want is to feel healthy, to feel happy, to feel prosperous, to, you know, feel really good in our lives. And when my journey started, I, my body was really speaking to me. My body was saying like, Hey, there's stuff that's out of balance. Like you're not really listening to yourself. And it spoke to me through things like digestive issues, hormone imbalances, uh, fatigue, and really just generally not feeling good. So that was the first place where I feel like I really took my power back from, um, you know, feeling like I had no control over how I felt to then going to see a nutritionist and being like, oh, I actually can choose the foods that feel good for me and learn about the foods that feel good for me. And then my body can feel better. So that was really the first place where I got into that. And it's interesting because simultaneously, when I look back on my journey at that same time, I was also dealing with some mental health issues, depression, anxiety, stress, and those were impacting my health issues at the same time too. So I wanted to see a nutritionist. I was like, wow, I really want to help other people with this because I saw a lot of people struggling with illness, with desire to lose weight, with autoimmune diseases, things like that. And I knew that food was a big part of that healing process. So became a nutritionist, started to study about the body, started to study about like um, more around the scientific physiology, right, of well-being. And through that journey, started to realize that even when women had all of the information, they knew exactly what they were supposed to eat. And I worked with men and women at the time, but there was still a human behavior component that impacted their choices. And so I got really interested in the psychology behind why we eat and the psychology behind how we relate to our bodies and work with a lot of women around body image and emotional eating, which were things that I was struggling with too. So as my personal journey has progressed, so has my professional journey because it is really, you know, my, my intention and my, my role to be a teacher, to um, really transmute and alchemize the challenges that I've been through to learn solutions to those problems for myself and to then share that with others. And that's really been, been my path. And throughout that time of self-discovery through health and wellness, through taking a look at my mental health, I started to realize that the life around me that I had built was not making me happy. I blamed myself for not being happy. I questioned why I wasn't happy. I had everything picture perfect on paper. I was married at the age of 25. We bought a house. We had a dog. I had my own business. And it was like, oh, all these things seem perfect. What's wrong with me? So I had a lot of shame around my own mental health and around why I couldn't be happy. And so I went to coaches. I went to therapists, I went to books, I went to podcasts, and I started to educate myself on, huh, like, why is my brain doing this? And that's really where my spiritual connection started to come in. I didn't grow up with a spiritual connection. I grew up from like more of a traditional religious background. Um, and that was really where I hit rock bottom. And I was like, okay, like, God, I'm super unhappy. Like the universe, tell me what to do. Like, please show me the way. I remember being in the bathtub, just being like, I don't know what to do. Like, I, I don't know if I want to stay in my marriage. I don't even know if I like my life right now. Like, please show me a sign, like guide me. And that was the first time where I really surrendered and was like, there has to be a bigger reason why I'm unhappy. There has to be a bigger reason of why I'm feeling this way. And from that moment, I started to, I was still getting like a lot of anxiety and I started to meditate in the mornings. 
and started to really listen to myself and, and started to go to that scary place where you sit down with your thoughts and you're like, I don't want to go there because it feels really scary, but I had been avoiding them. And that's where the anxiety got louder because it was like, you have to listen. So these were all, I see them all as signs, um, opportunities to go deeper into self-awareness and started a meditation practice, started to do some more inner work around shifting my beliefs, understanding why my mind was having negative thoughts over and over again, and really reconnected to my joy. Like what makes me happy? Not what do other people think I should do? Not like what looks perfect on paper? Not how do I want my life to look from the outside, but who am I? What do I care about? What do I love? What brings me joy? And there was a very big disconnect between who I authentically am and how I was living. And that was the catalyst for shifting my entire life of transforming my life, leaving my marriage, which was very hard because there was nothing quote unquote wrong. Um, but it was just so soul disaligned. I'm sure anyone who's like, either in a business, in a company, working for a job that just feels super out of alignment, or maybe you've been in a relationship in the past where you just knew that it wasn't the right thing for you, but like you couldn't put your finger on it or it was too scary to leave. That was really where I was at. So through that transformation and recreated my life in a whole new way, recreated my business. I now support women for these last three years since that huge, you know, spiritual awakening that I had. I integrate a lot of these different tools, mindfulness, meditation, subconscious reprogramming, um, building confidence, like self-trust and confidence. When we know who we are and when we trust ourselves, we can make choices that are in our best interest. And amazing things start happening when we live in alignment. So that's where the manifestation piece starts to come in, where it's like, you can attract all of the things that you want when you're living in alignment. But when you're not living in alignment, like we're not a match for those things. So that's kind of a brief scope of, you know, my journey and my practice and how I work with women and really passionate about supporting women and stepping into their purpose and feeling fulfilled and abundant and alive and like all of the things we don't learn in school, essentially. <laughs> or yeah. often from our parents. Mm -hmm. Yep. hundred percent. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. What a journey. Been, I can actually relate journey. to a lot of your journey. <laughs> I mean, mm -hmm. like, yeah, I've got that. Yeah, I've got that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really interesting. And I think that, you know, there's this, um, curious what your insight is on this because we're in this space right now you know humanity for especially women uh american women at this point um it's uh and i don't i just don't know whether cultures very well obviously because i know this one um but there's this place and i'm seeing this patient after patient after patient and you know i i'm, I'm so with you when you say you know if you're not in alignment you're not going to manifest it or whatever you're manifesting that's what you're aligning with right mm -hmm. and there's this there's this seems to be this <clears throat> liminal space that uh, many people are living in right now because the, you know it, astrologically we just shifted from an earth sign to an air sign for the next 200 years and we've been there in the earth sign for 200 years like earth is structure solidarity process you know da 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 air is like communication uh, uh very ungrounded right out of the body technology kind of thing and so we we just went through this incredible shift and so we're uh, as uh, globally we're still trying to like figure out how do we be how do we be with this shift and at the same time with COVID and the way things are changing and how we're having to show up differently in relationship to our work and to our family and you know our personal self and our own personal care and growth uh you know there's like this liminal space in there and what i'm seeing patient after patient and the people that i'm talking to is there's this okay here's how i was and obviously this is what i aligned to because that's what i was creating and there's this new space that i'm moving into which it feels like to me i don't know if you feel this way but it feels like to me like there's this um 
I haven't yet reached it yet. It's kind of like the, uh, the caterpillar goes into the cocoon and he's in there and he's melting down into jelly and he's starting to build him into a butterfly, but he quite hasn't gotten out of the cocoon and flown off yet, right? So there's this like liminal space between where we are now and where we're going, and which can seem, at least for the people that I'm talking to, I, it can seem really kind of like scary because they're they're commonly going well i've been trying to manifest and align with and do all the things but there's like this a uh, you know um, lack of clarity as to where we're going and what it looks like to some degree uh we can set the intention but like who really knows right so how do you recommend navigating that liminal space is this making mm -hmm. sense yeah okay. So another term for the liminal space that I like to use is the void. So mm. the void is this space where we no longer are who we used to be, but we haven't quite yet created what we're creating next or called in what we're creating next. And the void can feel very confusing, very lost, very in between. And it also is a place where we are releasing a lot of the old, letting go a lot of what doesn't serve us people, um, jobs, relationships, uh, even maybe where like home space that you're living, um, just things are falling away that used to be what we're comfortable and what we know and the new hasn't come in. So it's a very confusing place to be in. And I just want to share that that is part of our ev evolution that, you know, in order to create space for the new, we have to release some of the old. And so this void is part of our transformational journey. And um, the way that I work with it, I really like to look at how does the mind actually work? Because consciously, our conscious mind makes up about 5% of our thoughts. It is the part of us that makes um, choices throughout the day. But our subconscious mind is 95% of our thoughts and we're in autopilot mode on those. And the reason why I refer to these two parts of the brain here is because maybe consciously you say you want to change things, but if your beliefs are still old beliefs and still old ways of being and doing things and, and they're automatic, you're not going to be able to manifest the things that you want. So for example, let's say that you desire to call in a relationship. If you subconsciously don't feel worthy of being in a relationship, or if you subconsciously have a feeling of being unlovable, or you feel like uh, you can't trust men or women, whoever you're trying to call in, then even though your brain is saying, I want a relationship, I want a relationship, I want a relationship, underneath that, the subconscious patterns that are there are not going to allow you to call that in because that is the main vibration and this main frequency that we're operating in is what is our core beliefs. And they're called subconscious because they're below the surface and we can't see them. And I'm really interested in really looking at um, you know, bringing those subconscious awarenesses to, 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 to fruition, to our awareness through personal discovery and self-development, asking the right questions, taking a look at your own personal beliefs and blocks and thoughts. And we can start doing this by taking inventory of our thoughts. What are the thoughts I really think every day? Not like when I'm like writing down what I want, but like, do you really think that you're worthy of calling in love? Do you really trust people of the other sex? Do you really believe that you are worthy of being abundant and calling in more fin like financial success for yourself? So we go into these deeper beliefs and we, we take a look at these beliefs and then we reprogram those beliefs with new ideas, with new beliefs. And I'll give an example from my life, how I did that. Um, I was in that place where you're talking about where I'm like, okay, well, I know I don't want to be in this relationship. I know I don't want to be in this house. I know I don't want to live this life, but I don't know what's next. Like, how, how, how do I know what's next? How do I know it's going to be better than what is right now? And one of my favorite practices is called scripting. So it's a journaling practice where you write about your future as if it's already happening. So essentially what we're doing is we're, the subconscious mind doesn't know if something is happening in the future or if it's happening now. 
And we can train our subconscious mind to believe that it's already happened, that it already exists, that it already is here. That's the only way for us to really like ascend from these old patterns and really believe that there's there's something greater available for us is by training the subconscious mind by saying, okay, like I'm going to live in this beautiful apartment. There's going to be natural lighting. I'm going to surround myself with amazing people. Eventually I'm going to call in my soulmate. Like, and, and we say it in this way of, it feels so good to have this amazing life that I'm creating for myself. And we go into this practice of what it feels like and what it looks like and feeling it as if it's already happened. And that feeling, that vibration is what then starts to attract it to us. But if we're not operating in that place, then we're always operating from a place of fear of what if it doesn't work out? What if it's not as good as I think it's going to be? And you get stuck in like the old patterns. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Excuse me. And you know, that piece around feeling is so, so vital. It's fun that you, you just mentioned that in the relationship piece. I had actually a patient yesterday I was working with and she was, she wants to call in a partner. And um, then she said that she's like, yeah. And I'll just summarize it because I can't remember her words exactly, but she was like, yeah, but it just, you know, women just feel like women just like drama and, and I'm real chill. And, and essentially what she's saying is they don't like me because I'm not drama. Right. And so she feels like she doesn't make the cut. And, uh, and then we were talking about a similar process where, you know, think, you know, setting the intention, think about what you want as if you already have it kind of thing. She's like, I have resistance to that. And I'm like, well, why? And she said, well, I've done this before. And and I, you know, every day I was waking up and I was thinking about it and I was writing it down and I was going through my day about how my business was going to go that day. And, and then I'd go there and it never worked. And I, and I asked her, I was like, well, were you actually going through that process and feeling it? She's like, you know, I don't know so, you know, because, and I think this is what you're saying, because if you're, if you're not feeling it, if you're like, okay, I'm just thinking about it, but there's this lack of feeling of, of feeling it rise up inside you and the vibratory frequency of the yesness of that thing, then we're likely what we talked about for her, there was this underlying river of, oh my gosh, I want it so bad. And to the subconscious, the subconscious is like, well, you can't have it because you want it. And you're not actually in creation mode. You're actually in denial mode, even though you are acting or think that you're creating from manifestation by setting the intentions every day. But until you get into that feeling space and actually allow your frequency to change, then I think it's really challenging to manifest from that place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it is all about the frequency. That is when, when we look at the science behind manifesting, it's not just this like think positive and things happen like they show it in the, in the movie, The Secret. It's actually from quantum physics showing that everything has a vibration. And when we are vibrating at a higher frequency of love, of compassion, of faith, of gratitude, when we're vibrating in that frequency, we actually become a match for the things that we desire. Hmm. Right. And that's the vibration. We change our vibration. We can use our thoughts to change our vibration in our body. We can use our thoughts to feel different, but you have to make that conscious connection of letting yourself breathe and drop into, Oh, what would that feel like to be with a partner? How do I want to feel about around that person? What are some of the things that I would love to do with them? How would that feel to be wrapped in their arms or to wake up next to them and really get into that feeling? And it doesn't have to be for a long time. Like this can be for five minutes a day. When I was manifesting my last apartment um, that I wanted to move into, I would visualize for five minutes a day and right before I went to sleep and I manifested like the exact apartment that I was visualizing. And it was really amazing how it all happened. But you have to get into that frequency of it and feel it as if it's happening. And that's a practice, you know, like most people aren't used to uh, flexing that muscle of, of connecting to how it's going to feel. We operate often from the head up and we want to get into the body of what it would feel like. Mm. <clears throat> yeah. 
Good. I love that. And then I have two questions for you. So just on that note, how do you recommend people get into the body? I know for me, when I experience, like I, I'm, I like have, I like see energy more than a physical body. And I can see like most women that I work with are living in their heart. They have some congestion around the throat and they're living in the head. And, and so often are they so disconnected from their pelvic floor, from their yoni, from their feet, from their, you know, hips and all those things. And I'm just wondering if you have like a particular exercise or, or thing that you help people do to get embodied. Mm -hmm. The number one way to connect with the body is through breath. Mm. If we're unconsciously breathing and we're just doing, you know, the bare minimum of breathing to be alive, we're most likely going to be in our head. So when I'm working on the computer, oftentimes I will practice like taking a deep breath and feeling it into my belly, into my chest, into my ribs, feeling the breath move into my body. And so that would be where I would first start. I have a practice that I love where it's literally putting my hand on my heart and on my belly whenever I notice I'm in my mind or when I'm like overly thinking just coming back to the body, sometimes the physical reminder, anyone who's watching or listening to this, of putting a hand on your belly and your heart and breathing intentionally, that's how we start to drop into the body. So let's do it together because I love, I'll take any opportunity to breathe. Yeah. Um, we'll put our hands on our body. And I like to close my eyes. That helps me to get into my body. So just taking a deep breath in through the nose. Exhale out. It's simple like that. It's the first step. And then from there, there's other really basic embodiment practices of you can touch your skin and just start to feel anywhere on your body, just bringing sensation to the body nice and slow. You can run your hands on your legs or on your belly, anywhere, just bringing sensation to the body. Um, and then the third practice that I love is dancing. It could be simply some hip circles, like just standing and move it, or even while you're sitting down, just rotating the hips, doing figure eights, or just moving the hips and just dropping your awareness down into your pelvic floor and moving the body. They're really basic practices. And I think that we're so used to doing and thinking and feeling like we need so many instructions. And these are about being and slowing down and dropping into the body with really simple tools. We just have to use them. I love that. Yeah. Thank you yeah. for that. Those are, those are simple and you're so right. You know, even for myself, I like, okay, I'm going to get into this thing and it's got to be this whole big ordeal. And then because it's a big ordeal, I'm like, eh, I don't have time for that. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> but like you said, if you just take a minute and you do, you can even do it in private. Right. Cause I think, you know, some women who I have, I have sexual trauma patients that I work with and, you know, moving their hips is like, can create trauma for them, right? Mm. But to be able to just, I love this, put your hands on your body and, and and just allow yourself to be in the body by feeling your body. And then even if you just wanna sway side to side, it doesn't have to be any particular way, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love to start, like choose one song a day. It could be mm. two minutes, it doesn't matter. But if this is something that you're wanting to really start to practice and have it be part of your life. And there's so many benefits to it, but it's just like, if this is something that you're feeling called to start with one song a day, pick a song and, and move to that music. It doesn't have to look a certain way or be a certain way. It, it's more about the movement than dancing and just being with the music. I think music touches all of us in different ways. Love that. Love that. And then before, just um, right before this part of the conversation, we were talking about frequency. And I'm curious, is that how you recommend becoming magnetic? Because I know it kind of that's your thing, right? Um, or is there something more or else to that story? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we become more magnetic, the more of our true authentic self that we are. Um, and, and the more that we release some of the heavier energies that we're carrying, 
So I believe that part of raising your vibration and your frequency is that we actually have to go into the emotions and into the depths of the emotions that we most likely avoid to clear them. So let's say you feel sad, but you just try and avoid that because you're trying to think positive and say positive things and be happy because we're taught that you're just supposed to be happy. That energy stays in the body. That energy is going to stay with you. So instead of avoiding it, we actually go into the emotion, create a sacred safe space for feeling and allow ourselves to feel what we're feeling without judging it, without making it wrong, without making it mean something about us. And through feeling those emotions, they pass through us faster and it helps us to get back into alignment faster. But when we resist the feelings and when we try and pretend that everything's perfect all the time, we can't reach those higher states of vibration because we're, we're being held down by the, the feelings that we're trying to avoid. So, you know, there, it, part of being more magnetic is learning how to come back into alignment when you're not feeling in alignment, which doesn't mean just saying positive things and talking about your future. Perhaps it means going into the aloneness. What does it feel like to be really alone right now? And really letting yourself feel that and process that and move that. And then we can come to that space of, okay, like I have more space for connection because I've really allowed myself to feel what I'm feeling. So that's part of magnetism, which a lot of people don't talk about because, you know, that doesn't sell or people think that that's like not super fun to do. It's challenging. True. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm curious yeah. about something though. Um, like in your practice with your clients, do you give them tools or help them find space for feeling their emotions? Because one of the things that I commonly hear is, is the, um, I don't let myself cry story, right? Have you heard that one, right? Yeah. I don't let myself cry. I try to cry, but I can't, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, okay, uh, put on a sad movie, you know? <laughs> make yourself cry, <laughs> but sometimes they can't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We all have different experiences with being told that we shouldn't feel our feelings or when you're, you know, a young child possibly being, getting in trouble for feeling your feelings or telling, you know, yourself you're weak or you're, you shouldn't like you're too emotional. So we have all, we all have reasons why we've stopped and blocked our feelings. And it's true that a lot of people just don't feel safe or comfortable feeling their feelings. I remember the first time that I actually let myself cry and like really let myself feel. And even though it felt really sad, it also felt so freeing. It felt relieving. It felt like I was actually feeling for the first time. And I want to share that if you allow yourself to feel that sadness, you will also allow yourself to feel more joy. So the level to which we go into those depths I know it can feel scary, like, oh my God, I'm going to get stuck here. And if you do have trauma and you do have things that like feel really deep and scary, please have someone hold space for you, whether that's a therapist or a mentor or a friend, like you don't have to do it alone. And as you've started to open up that, that vulnerability with yourself, there are some practices that I love of we all have different ways that we like to cry. Some people like to cry in the shower. Some people like to cry like out in nature where there is no one else that exists. Some people cry in their car. For me, I love getting in my bed and getting all cozy and putting on like some set, some music that, that evokes emotions or journaling about how I'm feeling and then allowing it to come through. So we all have different processes, but it is a really sacred, um, I call it, you know, whether you're, you're, this is, I'm talking about sadness, but you can do this with rage and anger too. There, there's a sacred way to process our emotions, creating a ritual around it where we know that it's temporary. We know that it's safe. And then we come out of it feeling so much more clear and lighter and more open because of it. Mm. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, love that. Yeah, thank you for that. That's that's good. So you're creating a safe space for yourself, even if you're just like wanting to figure out how to cry on your own, creating a safe space for yourself where, and a kind of ritualistic is what I'm hearing. Like if you know that, okay, like for me, if I'm having trouble, uh, it's usually I'll go chant and begin my meditation and somewhere in that process, I'll start crying and journaling and it'll all happen. Um, so like knowing that okay, this is a moment in time and I've set the space for this because I'm chanting and I'm journaling. And this is what sometimes what happens when that, when I do that, and I know this too shall pass, you know, and, and I love that. I love setting the ritual around it. Like just giving yourself the, I like to go in my car and take a drive and cry and scream, or I like to go out in nature and cry and scream or yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and sometimes when we don't feel safe, when we're judging ourselves or when we're worried about other people are going to hear it or what are other people going to think we can't open, you can't open and, and share your emotions when you don't feel safe. So that safe container that you create for yourself is really important. Um, whether that's the room that you're in doing a ritual, um, going out where other people are not and like really creating that safety for yourself. And I think the biggest thing is taking the judgment away. It doesn't mean anything about you. If you're sad, it doesn't mean anything about you. If you're angry, like we have these emotions as humans, we have the full range of emotions for a reason. They're all here for us and not one is better or worse. So a lot of people will judge their sadness or judge their anger. And if we can work with that judgment and just get curious about what's underneath there, you're more likely going to be able to cry if you're not making it mean something about you. Like I'm weak or there's something wrong with me or why am I always so sad? Like, no, if you actually let yourself cry and emote, you won't always be so sad. You will let the sadness move through you and you will come out on the other side. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's such an important point. And I actually heard you, I don't remember who you're interviewing, but you were on your podcast. I was listening and you had this conversation with somebody about how not attaching a label to the feeling, like have the feeling, but don't have it mean anything because when you, when it means something like, oh, I'm sad, I'm ashamed. Mm -hmm. that shame causes us to stay stuck in the loop of sadness and shame, right? Mm -hmm. But if you can just say, oh, I'm sad and that's okay, then that gives it space to move through instead of being stuck there. I love mm -hmm. that. It's so, so, so vital. Mm -hmm. It yeah. might be one of the hardest things. It is. It can be. And that's what I really love about a lot of the work that I do is in community. It's in groups with women and Brene Brown, who's obviously like the top researcher on shame, talks about how shame thrives in secrecy. So if we are feeling our shame and we feel like there's something wrong with us, but we're not sharing it with anyone, the shame actually persists and gets louder. It grows. So for me, a lot of the work that I do is bringing women together in sisterhood. A lot of these women have never really had great relationships with women or have never really opened up to other women. Um, and having a safe space where everyone is there for a common reason, we all want to heal, we all want to grow, we all have a common shared vision and having a space of non-judgment of authentically wanting to love and support each other. When we can create a space like that with women, you can actually start to see, oh, she has the same fear that I do, or she's experiencing the same thing in her business or her life than I am. Oh, that means that there's actually not something wrong with me. I'm not alone in this. There's actually other people who are struggling with this. So it takes that shame, meaning there's something wrong with me and it dissolves it. We don't even have to work on it. We don't have to like you know, try and fix the problem. It's the same thing with trauma. Oftentimes when we can bring it up in a safe space and have feel loved and supported even through that, it can dissolve. Like it doesn't have to be this like intense experience. So I really love having community of like-minded people who, you know, you get to witness other women and their transformation and and in their pain and in their joy. And, and you start to see how much we're so similar, we're so alike and that we're really not alone. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And, I, and I'm sure it works both ways. I know I'm in this dance class, it's called Centrally Embodied Dance. Have you heard of that? Mm -mm. Oh, oh. You, you would love it because it's mm -hmm. exactly everything you're talking about right now. Um, and and there's, a, there's a piece in that class where you're being witnessed by the other women doing your movement. 
And in that you're watching, you're also watching other women witnessing them and their movement and it's authentic expression. It's not choreographed, you know? Uh, and so when you see another person go through their authentic expression and it, they may be expressing anger or rage or sadness, but then like through that journey, through their three minute dance, you know, you see them rise up from that and, and you see the beauty of all of it. And it, it, it is like, oh, wow, they have that. I have that. She's so beautiful. I must be beautiful too. Right. So I'm sure you're seeing that in your groups. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah. I, I say like one of the most powerful things about sisterhood is that you actually, um, and I have women of all ages, so it's not just like, you know, of one age, I have women in their fifties who are in my groups and all on the same, you know, spiritual path. And, um, we reflect worthiness back. So like, maybe you don't believe in yourself, but you see another woman believing in herself, or you see something really amazing in another woman, you get that reflected back to you in that participation. It's a really beautiful way of seeing, just like you said, oh, she looks so beautiful and powerful. Like you can start to see that within yourself. But when it's this separate thing on Instagram or on social media, where you don't actually get to see all of the person. You just get to see their, their good stuff. It, it's not humanly relatable. We can't relate to say, oh, okay. Like I can have that too. It's, it's hard to do that when we don't see the full spectrum of, oh, she's human too. Like, yes, she has this powerful side and she's also has challenges. And, and that's, that's where I think that this more intimate connecting can be really powerful. Awesome. Yeah. I love that. So beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, I'm curious. I would really like to know about how you healed your health challenges through mindset. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what I started noticing was that I was doing all of these like elimination diets. I was cutting out all these foods. I did a candida cleanse. I did all these like parasite testing and like went down the rabbit hole. Right. I'm like, I'm going to fix this. And I did get better. I did have a lot of progress through those methods, but it wasn't definitely wasn't like fully healed. And I was like, I can't take one more thing out of my diet because that's not healing. Like, it's just not possible. I'd taken so many things out. And so I would go on when I went on vacation this one time, I realized that when I was on vacation, I didn't have a lot of the same symptoms. I didn't respond to food the same way. I didn't respond to my blood, like my blood sugar was more balanced. Like I didn't feel like I was gaining weight. It was like all of this stuff. And it was just like a week vacation. And I was pretty unplugged on that vacation. So I started to recognize like, oh, there's a stress component here. There's a mind body connection, an emotional component here that is creating inflammation in my body or that is putting my body in fight or flight mode. And we can't heal the body when it's only in fight or flight mode most of the time. So part of this healing through mindfulness is calming down the nervous system, which I meditate every single day, every single morning. It's part of my non-negotiable for my mental health, for my physical health and slowing down the nervous system calming down the mind actually creates an environment for healing in the body. So we could be doing all of these different things, but if we're stressed out and if we're not taking care of our mental health, then we're missing a big part of healing. So that's how I believe a lot of my healing has happened in conjunction with still taking care of my body. Um, one of the other big pieces of my healing journey was really listening to what kind of exercise felt good for my body and intuitively tuning in, not just like one time, but on a daily basis, like what does my body need today? Like I was an athlete. I love exercise. I love high intensity interval training. Like those things are fun for me. I actually really enjoy them, but my body didn't like them. And I was putting my hormones in overdrive. I was putting my thyroid in overdrive I was putting my body in a stress response in addition to the mindset stress that I was experiencing. So really tuning into, for me, most of the time, like walking or Pilates or bar or yoga, really tuning into what is the, the 
optimal way for me to move my body that feels good and that also provides me with good health. And when my body's in balance, I don't have problems with gaining weight. I don't have problems with, you know, like blood sugar and things like that. But when I'm so out of balance because of my lifestyle choices and I'm not listening to my body, the healing's going to be a lot more challenging. So I think there's a lot to be said around intuition and stress management when it comes to healing that we don't often talk about. Yeah. Yeah. So true. And it's hard to remember all those things. You know, I think because of the way our society is structured, we think, oh, I'm going to do the keto diet and it'll work for me just like it worked for my friend down the street, you know, but Mm -hmm. we all are so different and we all have different stressors and different lifestyle habits, whether they be good or bad that are working for us or against us. And I think it's so important to have someone like you on, on their team to help navigate that and help unfold and unwind and unravel the the, the naughty mess of mm-hmm. dysfunction that's underneath the surface that you may not even realize is there to the fullest extent <laughs> so that people can like rise up into their most optimized well-being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, the holistic approach is definitely yeah. how I like to look at it. And it can feel overwhelming when you're listening to something like this and there's so many different things to think about and things, ways to, it's like, this is a process and a journey and there's a, there's, you know, guidance and support to help you to walk through this process. This isn't just like, oh my God, take all these things and start doing them tomorrow. There, there may be points where like you, based on where you're at in your journey, it might make sense to start with the embodiment piece and intuition, or for someone else, it might make sense to start with the nutrition or, you know, I don't do a lot of nutrition coaching anymore, but you know, I think having such a wide toolkit per se, and knowing what to use when to support people on their journey can like take a lot of that, that overwhelm out. So just want to let anyone who feels overwhelmed right now, if anyone needs to hear that, that you don't actually need to do 5,000 different things. It's really about customizing and learning what is your alignment look like. Yeah, totally. I was actually just working with my coach yesterday and he was like, I could tell he, he'd, he'd prefaced the conversation with like, okay, I'm going to show you this whole structure, this whole marketing structure and how it all works. And by the end of it, you're going to have this all down. And I was just like, okay, you just told me one thing. Let me make sure I have this. And it, you know, like I had to like really break it down from the very beginning. And literally, I don't think he got to explain anything that he was intending. Right. Because I'm like, no, I have to do this one thing. Don't give me anything else. Right. And I think that's the beauty of having someone like you in, in someone's life. Plus you have all this, you have the neuroscience, you have the mindset work, you have the nutrition and health work, and you really Mm -hmm. get women, obviously, you know? So, um, Mm. yeah, it's really great. I do have a question real quick before we close. Um, are you working with entrepreneurs too? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What you just mentioned right there is like exactly what I see a lot of is like women trying to do business in, a masculine way. And as women, we are very cyclical beings and we need different things. There's times where we need to nourish our bodies or take it slow and times where we can be in productivity and go mode. So I work a lot with female business owners, entrepreneurs on personal like soul alignment, polarity between navigating masculine and feminine energy, um, and also on money mindset and manifestation. So yeah, it's something that I'm really passionate about. I have a mastermind called align and magnetize, um, which is really fun and really beautiful for female entrepreneurs, not just coaches and healers, but I have women who are marketing agency owners and CEOs of companies. And yeah, I really love working with women who are making an impact and like who are ambitious women, because this is the behind the scenes, like this is the behind the scenes of business, like you optimizing yourself to then be able to grow your business is how, how I approach it. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you so much. It was really full and appreciated. And I'm just curious, is there anything else you'd like to say before we close or something you have? I can't remember if you had a, a website or something you wanted to share with our listeners. Yeah. I think since this is a podcast, come on over and check out the feminine frequency podcast. It's where I hang out a lot. I do two episodes a week. So you'll get plenty of 
wisdom there. Guests, I have amazing guests on my show as well. I'm going to be interviewing Dr. Brandy as well. So we will have her on there soon. Um, I think that and Instagram, if you want to come on over, um, my handle is Amy Natalie Co. Um, and those are some places where you can come hang out and come find me. Awesome. Awesome. I highly recommend it. I've been listening to her podcast and love it. It's very inspirational. And, uh, you know, you can't have enough. I don't think you can have enough support when we're transitioning and navigating this journey called life in a woman's body, especially, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, so um, thank you for the light you bring and everything you're sharing to the world. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for being on this journey with me today. We went a lot of places. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. All right. Well, take really care, uh, ladies. Um, I hope you enjoy the show and you know, we're here for you if you need us. Oh, wow. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Amy, you are just spectacular. And thank you so much for the light that you bring to the world. And before we go, I just want to invite you again to the Biohack Belly Fat Half Day Boot Camp. Even if it's your thighs or your butt or somewhere else that you kind of want to drop it from and you've been trying everything and nothing seems to be working, this is for you. So just remember that if you're wanting to drop some weight, that weight is a symptom and you got to address the root cause. Your root cause isn't going to be in another diet or program, all right? The, the key is in understanding your body's personal needs and supporting your unique system properly. So there could be up to 17 root causes of excess weight and belly fat. And in the Biohack Belly Fat Half Day Boot Camp, I'm going to give you a test to determine which of your systems may be your root cause and guide you into how to nourish your personal body's unique needs. This is where success happens. So you have to address the root cause if you want to have success with your weight loss and health goals. So click the link in the show notes to learn more about the Biohack Belly Fat Half Day Boot Camp, and maybe we'll see you there. Take care. Thank you for listening to the ultimate biohack for women. If you'd like to dive deeper with our tribe, join us on Facebook or Instagram. And if you'd like to help grow our tribe, share this episode with your friends. Let's bring this light to our community so that other women can know their true power and we can create a tribe together worth being in. This podcast is for information purposes only. Dr. Brandy Victory is not a medical doctor. And the views and statements expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Dr. Brandy Victory and the producers, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.